It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, episode number nine, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener with Matt Lachlan in the More Sports Now studio live. We're slowly creeping out of this COVID thing, Matt. And I, how you been? What, look, I haven't seen you in an age. Well, Happy it's New been Year. a while. We've been, <laughs> thanks. We've been doing this via the phone for the most part. You know, once the Omicron variant stuck its head into everyone's business, we wound up having to do things on a remote basis just to be safe. And it was the wise passage, but it seems to be diminishing the impact of the variant. And I'm vaxxed and I'm boosted. And Same so here. We're, so we're sitting, what? About five, six feet apart, so it's all good. Yeah, in our studio here, no masks or anything, so we're back uh, to uh, to. Uh, we miss Johnny, though. Yes, we do. So Johnny um, is uh, getting a service dog. Yeah. He's waited a long time he for has. it. Now, he's up in upstate New York, apparently, because he has to do this two-week training for, with the service dog. Now, I gave him one of the mics, so I had to set up a new mic down here. He's apparently going to – he has a, a podcast called The Quadcast, and he's supposed to do a show about this whole thing with the service dog. That's awesome. But it's great. and looking forward to meeting uh, meeting the pup when it comes to, back, to, uh, back to Jersey. That'll be great. Yeah, you so, know, those companion dogs mostly, mm-hmm. but there are companion animals in general. They've done such a wonderful job for the people who have them, you know, People who listen to the show know John's story. Maybe it's 25 years ago now. He had a fall in his home. He suffered a spinal cord injury. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's left him. He's able to walk, but there's difficulty and, and what have mm-hmm. you. So there's no question he uh, has suffered a significant loss. And, you know, as you get a little older, I don't know. You know sure. COVID, whatever. I'm not saying John's anxious. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. Plus, he's dealing with his own personal stuff, which he does very well. Yeah, he's true for many. Oh, absolutely. You know. But you know what? Have a little, have a little something. Sure. Uh, he's a very. It seemed very excited about it. So I, yeah, I think it's great. And you see the great. calming influence. His mother seemed very excited about it as well. I was yeah. over at the house. Com- and the calming it, influence that it's had on so many people. Yeah. When I dropped off the mic, I had a chat with them, and they're all very excited to bring uh, this dog back to the house. Yeah. So I think it's great. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, not such good stuff is is um, Rutgers basketball. Well, I mean, I'm going to stay positive here. Um, last week they were one and one. Um, rock fight at Nebraska. It was a rough game, and, and it looked like uh, they were in trouble at, at points in that game. But they look they they stuck it out and won it, which was really important. And then they go to Northwestern and. You know, Northwestern has has battled a lot of Big Ten teams right to the wire and lost some really close games. Uh, They go up 24 points on Rutgers. Rutgers not ready to play, and uh, which is uh, something we've seen a lot from Rutgers uh, uh, this year. And then, my goodness, Paul Mulcahy, he puts the whole team on his back. They they fight back from a 24-point deficit, and they tie the game. Uh, And then they just – they don't have a great uh, overtime – uh, and it's just a gut punch, one point loss to Northwestern. That was really tough to take. Um, the positive here, and I'll say this to Rockers Nation, is is listen, if they're going to go to the tournament, it's going to happen over the next run of games where they're playing all ranked opponents. Listen, if they win most of their games, now you're saying the way they're playing, that's unlikely. Okay. But if they win most of those games, then they can very well still go to the tournament. It's still alive. So I'm saying, look, I'm not saying no to this season and it's over and NIT and all that until it actually is. And yeah. it's 
not yet. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, you can't gloss over the loss mm-hmm. to Northwestern. That was one of the, given the way Rutgers played earlier in the year and where they are in terms of having to win as many games as they can in order to get into the tournament. Never mind what might happen in the Big Ten tournament. We understand they have a chance to get the automatic bid. But to get in that large bid, they can't afford losses like that. They really can't. Now, you're right. They've got an incredible opportunity coming up. They play a gauntlet that will challenge any team. But if they can come away with wins, why not? So you've got to be able to do it one game at a time. But that was, we're talking about college athletes, but that was an inexcusable loss. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, you know, and Steve Peichel and, and the assistant coaches can't tell you why these, these slow starts, which is troubling in itself. I mean, look, I mean, they they feed off their defense, and if their defense isn't playing the way they need it to play because their foundation is defense, then it affects their offense. Look, I mean, it, it's just it's every game. Um, it looks like they have to find out how the other team is playing and then adjust to it. And oftentimes it, it, it can be too late. And against Northwestern, I mean, Northwestern was hot in the first half. I mean, they were they were they were not playing good defense rockers. They switched to a zone in the second half and it worked. But, you know, Boo Booey, uh, uh, Chase Audige, they, these guys were hitting threes. Um, you know, they, they got a, a big, big lead. And then, um, boy, but, but, but let's talk about Paul Mulcahy and Cliff Omori. Or how about Geo Baker? Yes. Zero yeah, points. You know, now, yeah. Now, now, I mean, G- he's been a terrific listen, player. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Rutgers. I mean, Geo, Geo's won a lot of games for Rutgers. I don't you know what's... can't have zero points. Yeah, something's you can't. going on there, though, Matt. I mean, they, he, 30, first of all, 38 minutes. He looked tired. No points. He looked tired. And did you see the bad turnover, the the, the, the uh, pass to um, Ron Harper? And then his... He was just back iron on everything. He was too long on everything. And he just... It was just... Yeah. I mean, zero points from him. Zero points from Caleb, too. Uh, but also, you're not expecting Caleb to score, but no. he didn't play a lot. Um, Mawat Mag is starting to um, step up, uh, playing good defense. It looks like he can be an offensive player, too. But the big thing here, Matt, is Paul Mulcahy. Man, there's a lot of questions of where where is Paul Mulcahy and where is his game and what, what does he mean to Rutgers? I mean, that was a statement game. Could it be his team now? Could it be a situation where he no, needs to take his Ron team? it's still Ron Harper Jr.'s team. Right. And, and to an extent, Geo Baker's, but he's a very important piece. But look, then those they have a C on their uh, on their jersey, you know, Paul and and uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Ron Harper Jr. and Geo, and there hasn't been enough consistency there. You thought there'd be more. Um, they do have flashes of playing really well. Uh, Ron Harper seems to be a guy who comes around in the second half the last few games. It, it just didn't, and it has nothing going on in the first half. Like he really has to adjust to the flow of the game. But I am seeing some promise moving forward. I really am. I mean, Cliff O'Mori, Matt, I mean, you talk about the ceiling. It, it, to me, it's Saturn. That guy is an amazing athlete. And I just think he does have to figure out a way to get his offensive game going. But you know, that can develop. And then, my God, the, the athlete that he is, you know, just in, just in terms of his his size, his quickness, you know, his feet, you know, the way he moves. I mean, the guy has enormous potential and it's just it's it's going to keep going now. And granted, right now he's a guy who just, you know, grabs it and flushes it. Right. But um, but he does that as well as anybody. Can, um, can can he be unlocked in the final nine games? Because that's all that matters. Yeah. And Mulcahy's performance was very encouraging. It was by far the best he's had at Rutgers. He was in control. He couldn't be stopped. 
31 points tells the story. Without him, they don't come back. And we're not talking about an almost. We're talking about really a, like what the hell happened at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Who, By the way, Northwestern did beat Michigan State a couple of weeks ago. So it's, you know, it's not like Rutgers was the only win right. that Northwestern has had in the Big Ten. But when does it happen? And they're not playing until they get to the end. And I don't know what you consider the weak teams, Nebraska certainly, but they don't play Nebraska anymore. No. They played Penn State, they but no they already weakness. lost. They yeah. lost to Penn State. And that's State, the end of the season. There's no weakness the rest of the way. I no. mean, you, you, first of all, there's no weakness in the Big Ten, really. But, they, you know. Nebraska. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. But you get into March. Well, you know, Nebraska took Michigan to the oh, wire. and 11. Yeah. But they took Michigan to the wire at, yeah. at Chrysler. You know, so. You know, they, they they just haven't been able to break through. They're terrible at the end of the games. And again, against Michigan, they had a lead and then they just blew it. The same thing with Rutgers. So they struggle in that sense. But moving forward, there's no there's no break here. I mean, I look at it. OK, so they are home against Michigan State. Izzo brings the troops in 13th in the country. Oh, They just always reload. Ohio State at number 16. They're both at home. Now, here's the thing. And this would this is what Pikel's got to understand here as as he's ascending as this. As this program's ascending, it's great, and everybody's gobbling up seats, and it's sold out, and all that stuff. Well, I don't know what's going on with COVID and all that, but it 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 says it's sold out, but there are empty seats because I think there's some folks that don't want to go to the games. Well, I don't I know. Think Do you're, are the, you're required to prove vaccination? Yeah, all that you have stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I think so I've seen that around the. You're losing world. a few people. Yeah, but also, and you know this, if you're not winning. Even in the, with a Big Ten schedule and these big programs coming into your gymnasium, if you arena, if you're not winning, um, they're, they're, Rutgers fans will not come out. I mean, the student section will be half full. I mean, it, it, you know, they'll still get you know several thousand fans, but they're not going to pack it eight thousand strong every time if they're not if they're not winning. And so that they've got to continue to 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 perform at Jersey uh, Mike's Arena. Hey, calling it that. I mean, it's fine that they got the money and all that. And Jersey, listen, Mike's it was the fine. Brendan Byrne Arena, and everyone called it the Meadowlands. You right. can call it the Rack. Yeah, I just like no, they're, the they're not going to. They're not yeah. going to uh, revoke privileges to cover the team, media credentials. Yeah. Nothing against Jersey Mike's, fine exactly. subs, the whole thing. But exactly. I just, I'm so used to the rack and all that. But anyway, um, they, they need to hold court at the rack, and it's going to be difficult because look, okay, so you got uh, you got Michigan, you got Ohio State, then they go to Wisconsin. Oh, man, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough one. Then they're back against Illinois, number eighteen, and then they go to Mackey Arena with Purdue licking their chops yeah. after. So and Rutgers is not good on the road, so they hang their hats on what they can do at home. Michigan State turns the ball over a lot. That is an Achilles heel for Tom Izzo's team. In fact, they have one of the worst uh, assist to turnover rates in the Big. 10 mm-hmm. uh, and Rutgers is significantly better. So Rutgers can press them and pressure them. You know, the other night, uh, Michigan State turned the ball over and almost lost to Maryland. So they're not a perfect squad. If you're not intimidated by their colors and you're not intimidated by Izzo on the bench, you can win the game. They're big, they're long and athletic. And, you know, so they defensively, but they do, they're they tough. do give you chances. They're not very good offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither is Rutgers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, let's problem. go back to that because Rutgers has but to they have score. A they, get... they have a chance. Yeah. They yeah. actually do because it is home. If it was on the road, I wouldn't say they have as much of a chance. But this is it. Back against the wall. 
you lose to Michigan State and then you lose to Ohio State, then where are the wins coming? Right. Especially when you go on the road and you look at who they're going to be playing away from home. So, well, you know, and I, by I, the way, the NIT is not even guaranteed. No, not in a way. Not even close. It's not. It's not. And boy, it's just such a bummer to even be, you know, okay, great, the NIT. Uh, that certainly Rutgers will take it, but there's no excitement there. I don't even at all. I mean, unless but they go on now, a big run, I, yeah. I, I don't. Well, I, don't I mean, like I, I said it last week. I said, well, you know, what what will change is if Rutgers is becomes a different team, and that does happen when one player makes a huge shift here. Now, if Paul Mulcahy is is on attack mode first and has more clarity with his game because he's been so tentative, he's yeah. been so, you know, so maybe something can change there. Of course, you know, a good defensive player on him could. You know, I mean, Greer was was for Northwestern was was guarding him. I mean, he was just going right around them. Um, but you know, look, he's a he's a big guard, and he he does have a good touch. He just needs to say, okay, I am going to leave. If it's Paul Mulcahy's team and he's leading now in terms of I'm going to be I'm going to be an offensive minded guy first and then I'm going to dish second then they have to start you know teams are going to have to adjust to that mm-hmm. and then maybe it frees up Ron Harper Jr. and maybe I, well, something's up with GL man I mean he seemed tired he seemed I don't know what's going on there he, he, the last couple games he even even against Nebraska he was 6 of 18 so he was shooting a lot but that's not a great shooting night so something's going on there because listen this guy when he's I mean you know I've seen him like at at Purdue win the game himself at Mackey Arena. The Geo's been great at times. Again, we're going back to consistency, aren't we, guys? I mean, that's what you need to see. But I want to see these other guys, too. I mean, Mawat Mag, I've said numerous times, he's a, a big tall athletic kid he's got some speed he's you know he, he long too and so he's a good defensive player and he's shown some flashes of mm-hmm. offense here yeah. so what what is Mawat Mag and how much can he help maybe he digs into Callum McConnell's minutes a little bit um maybe uh maybe Geo's a little bit um you know Cliff Amore man is listen he had 22 points against Northwestern and he's still a force uh, and there was a beautiful play when they tied it up at 70. Matt, did you see the game? So, so Mulcahy wraps around. They're all closing up on Mulcahy. He, he wrapped around and finds Cliff right at the basket to flush it, to tie it. And, uh, and then, of course, Ron Harper. Now, a lot of people got after Ron Harper for his final shot there. But I, I, I thought that, listen, you know, there wasn't a lot of time. He had a clear look. Yeah, it was no a, timeouts. It, it was, there were no timeouts. It was a 15-foot or 15 to 20-foot or somewhere in there. I mean, a shot that he's made a, a ton of times. It just got front rim. Beat Purdue. You know? Yeah. So, you know, you can't win them all. I know Paul was trailing on the player. to get it to Mulcahy. That means he would have, he would have to turn around, fire a, a bad pass to Mulcahy. That could have been, you know, it just, I, I thought I was not, and he could have drove. I, I don't think it was a bad call. I mean, people who were saying that were just, it was a moment, right? Like, okay, Mulcahy was the hotter player, get the ball to him. And right. there's something to be said for that. But Ron Harper Jr. has made clutch shots before, and it was a good look. It's not like he threw a 60-footer when Mulcahy And they said drive, drive to the hoop. But, you know, so much stuff can happen there. I mean, and also, it, how much time was on the clock? I mean, it was only when he shot, it was like 1.9. So he didn't have a ton of time to get to the rim. I was, I didn't have a huge problem with it. Hey, it would have been great if he dropped it. And sure. Boom. There you go. No one would be saying, why didn't Mulcahy take the shot, right? <laughs> exactly. Hindsight's 20-20. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if we Harper notice. hits that, everyone's we going, clutch, he's the man, he's done it again buzzer beater keeps our hopes alive blah 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 but the bigger point is and you're right it all starts 
on Saturday. You cannot look at the schedule and go, oh, my God, what a death march. What a gauntlet. How can we beat Michigan State, then Ohio State? Then we still have Purdue, as you mentioned, lying in wait, wanting to avenge the loss from earlier in the year. We've got Kofi Coburn. Did you see what he did last night? What are we going to do when we play Illinois? Uh, and we're not that good on the road. We got Wisconsin twice. You cannot look at it that way. I, I'm not saying you are. People mm-hmm. cannot look at it that way because Rutgers is not looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. They are preparing for one game, and then regardless of the result, you move on to Wednesday's game against Ohio State. It is not easy, though. They have not made it easy on themselves. Right. But that's what happens when you play as poorly as you did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, another thing that, uh, you know, Coach Peichel has to learn here is that, again, with that soft schedule at the beginning of the year, then you better win that game, man, because that Lafayette loss is just sitting there like a pockmark. Well, on I was this, listening you know? to a, you're right. I was listening to a podcast the other day with our friend uh, Jerry Carino. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Is it Jersey Hoops or something like that? Something or, okay. like that, yeah. And he had Brad Wachtell on. Brad Wachtell worked at Rutgers for a while mm-hmm. uh, in the basketball operations department. He's kind of become this go-to uh, NCAA bracketologist, right? And a uh, Jersey guy. And his point in the interview was Rutgers has to improve its early game schedule. He understands that you want to win. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you can lose to a Lafayette, but only if Lafayette's the best team in their conference. You lose to Lafayette, which is one of the worst, if not the worst team in the conference. It it crushes your net and it it just makes it really hard. Then you got to pick up quality wins elsewhere. So I think Peichel has to look at that. I understand why he had scheduled the weak sisters early in his run because he wanted to establish that Rutgers can win. No one got, no one looks at the schedule when you say, hey, you know, I won 12 games this year. Last year we won five, whatever. Uh, they don't go, well, yeah, but you didn't play anybody. They go, wow, seven-game improvement. But now it's probably time. Yeah. Right. Then, but it's too late. And that, yeah. It's too late. And you're right. You've got to beat yeah. Lafayette. And then, you know, UMass, they're at UMass. So um, a little a bad break there. You have a bad night. Should have won it. I know. If Rutgers is an from, NCAA yeah, tournament team, you, you don't beat lose UMass. And, yeah, and, and listen, the, like the loss to DePaul. I mean, come on. I mean, DePaul's actually a pretty good team, Matt. Let's, well, you know, their only so, win in the Big East happens to be against Seton Hall. They're <laughs> not that good. They started okay. out good because they were playing. Northwest this, Southeast that. They weren't playing a very strong schedule, but to their credit, they won. Going back to what I said, yeah. uh, I think right now they're 10 and 10 overall. Mm-hmm. They may very well lose their last 10 Big East right. games. But their record, as ugly as it will look, is going to look much better than last year. So the coach will say we're on the right path. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't know if that win over DePaul right. was all that yeah. big, but it was a win. And that's the difference. Well, in the end of the day, we saw um, – we saw emergence of Paul Mulcahy. I would call it that. I mean, because he was not playing that way. And so we saw something where he can turn the corner here, perhaps. And Matt, I'm, I'm sorry, John was talking about it last week about how ta- highly touted a recruit he is. Mm-hmm. And how he really needs to step up. Well, that that's stepping up. Yeah, he was listening to John. <laughs> of course. And he did. Yeah. And now he's got to be able to do it again. Right. Right. Yes, so he now does. it's all about I... consistency, all about Geo getting his game back, right? Ron Harper but, Jr. Go ahead. Right. No, no. But... You mentioned earlier, is it his team? It's not his team, but he can be a part of it, mm-hmm. but he's got to be able to perform again and again. So right. that that's the key to any success at any level, right? Consistency. But if that did turn on a switch and if now he's going to be much more effectively offensively, then 
yeah, it can be a three-headed monster with Amori there contributing as well. It can be Baker, Harper, and Mulcahy, and it makes them much more difficult to defend. So I, I'm not going to ex- extinguish that hope. It just has to be shown the rest of the way. And and uh, hopefully Peichel will trust some of these guys a little bit more and give them a little bit more minutes and not ride Geo 38 minutes when he's having an off night and looks sluggish and such. You know, get get Mag in, get uh, you know Jalen Miller's uh, playing some good defense. Maybe he has an offensive game too that we'll see at some point, but he never shoots. And, you know, and then Jaden Jones seems to be whatever's going on there. Um, I guess. He's not playing defense to the level that, that, that Pike needs to see. But anyway, he's, he, he's certainly looked like a nice offensive player. And when you're not putting the ball in the bucket, you're like, well, let's get someone out there who's going to. So, you know, we can go on and on with this. But at the end of the day, um, they're not out of it until we see this run here, Matt. I mean, we, they're not out of it until, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, they, you know, they, they hold court and, and beat um, beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, then we're talking, we have a little bit of a different conversation oh, going. That, so we'll, we'll see how that goes moving forward. Doubt. That's, what's play, that's what so playing in the Big Ten does. You it gives win them a most chance. of your games the yeah. rest of the way. You, you, you got a chance here, and that's the reality of it. So, so you're saying uh, there's a chance. They're saying there's a chance. Hey, they're 12-9, and 6-5. and five. They still got to, uh, you know, look, Yes, they lost some tough game, you know, the Minnesota game. I'm still thinking of, and you know, Northwestern was rough as well. Uh, you know, Maryland, yes, um, at home that was that was a tough one. But they're uh, they're still uh, all winnable games that could have got them in a better position. But still, they still got this uh, this run going here. They're still playing the best of the Big Ten and the best of the country, frankly. So we'll we'll see how. So you figure they got to win four games, get to even 500, right? They got to go, they got to get ten wins in the conference. I think they got to get 10, ten. Some people are saying eleven or twelve, but at least ten. But I'm thinking if they can if they can get on the other side of that eleven or twelve, I mean they can be that it could be. Well, a, that means a, they a, have to win six of nine. I mean it's an incredible yes, task it's, ahead it's, of them. It, yes, but they can't worry about anything other than Saturday right. at the Jersey well, Mike's you know, rack. A lot of fans are like, "Hey, it's four, not four happening." Four o'clock start national television. Yeah, get and, after and there, and there you go. And then, uh, and then, and then we go from there. And I will certainly be at that game. Okay, you're listening to the Jersey Hardwood podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. Let's hear a spot from LG Insurance, and then we'll talk about Seton Hall. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast. I'm Steve Titchener here with Devils announcer and basketball, college basketball announcer, uh, Matt Lachlan. You, were you at the... Um, uh, the the on campus Seton Hall game with at, at Walsh. I was Gym? there. I okay. wasn't working. I was there for the okay. game. Um, what was that like? I mean, it, was, it was a terrible game for it was Seton that, yeah, Hall. Exactly, but, uh, exactly. but what's the other stu- than the ending, how, Mrs. That, Lincoln? How did you like to play? Yeah, how's the um, how's the gym though? How's the whole feel of it? Is you it- know what? It was great to be back there. There was a sense of nostalgia. They hadn't played a Big East game on campus in over thirty years. Um, it's where I cut my teeth in that gym covering the hall cool. back in the day. It's a it's a bandbox. So the outcome took away all that fun and excitement. Uh, it would have been different if it was at least a closer game because the students, it was a student-only game. They would have been 
going crazy and the noise would have reverberated. The problem is, and it's it's not a bad problem, is that they refurbished Walsh. It needed it. Mm-hmm. It's an old barn. Uh, it used to be bleachers, the lower level, and they made stadium seats. They improved the lighting, f- several fresh coats of paint. How much? To how, how how many people fit in it? Well, that's the thing. So it went from about three thousand to about twelve hundred. So the capacity was much smaller, and it just wasn't the same when it was in. And maybe passage of time has clouded my memory, but and again, the game was just bad. But it wasn't the same old bandbox. It was too nice mm-hmm. of a bandbox, if you know what I mean. You know, back in the day, I mean, the, the fans sat next to the to the bench. Uh, you know, there were fans yelling at the officials. You were two feet away. They just they had to modernize it. And the women play there. And that's why they modernized it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to help the women's program get even better. Right. But I think they took away some of the home court. What do you think of Willard's comments afterwards about the gym and that it's not his he doesn't like it at all? And I mean, he kind of blamed a little bit of the the performance uh, saying it was fed St. John's more so. I understand to a degree what he was saying. It's not their home court. Right. So it's it's a a new place. They did play there earlier in the year. They played Nyack. So it's not like it was their only game there. A different opponent altogether. But I, I think he could have been a little more politically politically correct, even if he felt that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have said, yeah, it was great atmosphere, but we didn't come to perform. But instead, he he put the decision down. I don't know what else they could have done. I mean, they have, they were forced into to scheduling it The there, game correct? was postponed because of COVID. Right. Prudential Center was being used. Mm-hmm. I don't know, given the schedule, they could have found another opening for both teams that worked. It happened to be that. So the game was played at Walsh. The thing I didn't like is when he said, you know, we like we we've only practiced here once or whatever. Well, that's kind of his fault, right? Like mm-hmm. I know yeah. they have their practice facility underneath the building. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. They they're planning a major upgrade to uh improve all facilities, but particularly the men's basketball facility that's going right. to be announced shortly. Yeah. But go upstairs and practice. Mm-hmm. Like am I missing something here? If right. if you were concerned that your team would be off kilter, because they are right. unfamiliar with it, mm-hmm. go upstairs and practice. Yeah. It, it seems right. like a simple solution. Uh, but I also understand why he said, you know, somebody said, oh, it was like 1,000 fans, 1,200. They were right there. And he goes, yeah, but we have like seven, 8,000 more right. at Prudential yeah. Center. So well, basically, he like, says, I want to play at the Rock. I don't want to play here. I know, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and yeah. I get it. Athletes yeah. are creatures of habit. And I understand why he made a connection between Walsh and losing, but they were just terrible. Yes. Right yes. They, from the get Okay, so a cup, you know, couple rough weeks for Seton Hall. Um, you know, they're missing their star, star player, Bryce Aiken. You know, I watched, uh, Matt, the, um, the collision with Greg Elliott and that bad call. You were right there. Um, and, you know, he get, he took a hard hit, Matt. He did. Harder than I was surprised I when I saw thought. it again. I'm like, wow. But here it is. Um, he's in the concussion protocol here and there's no no there's no timeline i mean how bad is this what are you hearing uh only what you said but concussions are odd you know they're not broken bones you know you know a finger's going to heal in three weeks a broken arm's going to feel heal in six weeks brains are different and they're different for everybody and they just take 
longer or shorter periods, depending on the person. You know, it looked like he might have returned for the St. John's game at the Garden. He might have been on pace for that. Those were the rumblings. And then suddenly he hasn't mm-hmm. played uh, in the game. He didn't play in that game, nor has he played since. So we'll see. They play Creighton tomorrow. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was asked to go back and do some radio work on the game. Gary Cohen is missing the game. So uh I'll You're going to do it again. Oh, once again. Look at this. On the call. Fantastic. So, it's yeah, great. I'm excited about okay, that. Good. Excited to be at uh, Prudential Center. Oh, man, I, I want to go to the game. I think I'll go to the game. There you go. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. So, look, here's the deal, Matt. So, they settle down. <laughs> they go to George Georgetown and do what they need to do. What's What's Patrick doing there, man? I mean, Georgetown's terrible. They are. I mean, yeah. But, look, they, they won the so game. Sad. It's what they needed to do. Um, you know, the, but I think that, you know, they got a tough run coming up, right? They got Creighton at home. Okay, got to take care of business there. And then look, you got Xavier at home, ranked opponent. The same thing, kind of a little similar to Rutgers here with a bunch of ranked opponents. Then you got Villanova at Philly. You always play them tough. And then you got Connecticut at Connecticut. But here's the thing. You need Bryce Aiken back. I mean, he's been a great player for you guys and in, 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 for Seton Hall, and, and you really need to get him uh, back on the court. Well, leading scorer in the Big East, so certainly he takes the big shot and he makes them a different team. You're absolutely right. They are a much better club with him. What Kevin Willard has to try to figure out, and maybe he did it even though it was a very hard-fought win over Georgetown. I mean, Georgetown mm-hmm. had a five-point lead in the second half, mm-hmm. but uh, Seton Hall was in somewhat of danger of losing that game, which would have been disastrous. But uh, he's got to figure out because he doesn't know when Aiken's coming back. Rumors are he will not play against Creighton, but we'll find out tomorrow. So who are we without him? Now, Jerry Carino, and I keep bringing up Jerry, but he's a great fountain mm-hmm. of information. And we've had him on the show. Yeah, yeah on, on, on Seton Hall. But he pointed out the other day that Bryce Aiken decided to return to Seton Hall after Kevin Willard had already gotten some of his other transfers uh, and had, you know, had his guys. So that was, a, a, you know, cherry on top, so to speak. Very tasty cherry and a very important puzzle. But Jerry's point was Willard had a vision for this team without Aiken. He had to have. He didn't know he was coming right, back. Right. So how do you integrate what you thought you had? Now that now that the guy that added to what you had is gone. So can you go back to the future, so to speak? Right. So I think there was a little bit of that. You know, mm-hmm. Trey Jackson was inserted into the starting lineup and he responded with 21 yep. points and outside shooting. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes down to how do you mix and match here? They have to find the fire. I mean, they were lifeless in the loss to St. John's. Certainly, they had a rock mm-hmm. fight against St. John's the previous Saturday. Right, but they've just you know they just hit a slump where nothing was going right for them. And you are correct; their schedule is not easy coming mm-hmm. up. What they benefit from is that, as we said in the last segment, as opposed to Rutgers, they won those early games and they do right. have a resume win against Texas sure. and they beat uh, Rutgers sure. and. Uh, you know, they yeah, beat Michigan. Michigan, even though that game is not looking as good in Michigan. Year, but yeah. still, those are big, you no know, quad one victories. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, they are in a better position, but they don't no, want to no question, just, you know, then and Rockers, I don't say they, they don't want to just yeah. slide in. Yeah, Any coach would say, let me get in and take my chances. I think what Seton Hall fans want to see is get a nice seating so that you have a better chance of winning that first round right. game. 
and right. then you can get to the second round because that has been the issue for Seton Hall. Right. Get into the get into the tournament looking like you can win win a game. It just gets pretty you know, much get it. to you know uh, yeah. get get to the next weekend maybe, but win a game. Get to the second yeah. round, maybe so, win that one, and then you get to Sweet Six. Yeah. So without Aiken, what do you do? So the next man up mentality. I mean, what do you see in Jameer Harris? Is he a guy that can fill the shoes? He hasn't so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is time. He doesn't play as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is on his own shoulders. He hasn't shot the way everyone thought he would. Uh, outside shooting was his forte. It showed up a little bit the other night. Mm-hmm. So can he? Sure. He's a veteran guy. He's got a pretty good resume, but it's it's different going from American to Seton Hall and, you know, going to the Big East. So I think that step up has hurt. I think his lack of time has hurt him. But now he may get more of an opportunity mm-hmm. again. And who are the other ball handlers, really, for them to bring it up? Well, Kadari Richmond yeah. has been handling yeah. the point mm-hmm. in Aiken's absence Harris will help different type of ball players altogether. Harris will help, though, if he can hit shots, because then right. that opens up things. Right. And Seton Hall has to shoot when they're open. They, mm-hmm. Their offense has been so stagnant over the yeah. last few games. And Richmond's been interesting because, wow, he's just a, such an impressive athlete. And But he's kind of been all over the place, right? There really hasn't been Shooting a lot of consistency not been, there. Yeah, not been good. He uh-huh. started the last four games. And He's does he defend like, like Willard wants him to defend? Because their def- their defense kind of fell off a little bit there for a few games. Yeah, it took him got... a while. I wouldn't say he's the best defender. It did take him a while. He came from a zone-oriented team in Syracuse, and Kevin is man-to-man almost exclusively. But that is where Seton Hall has to hang its hat. They've got to dig in defensively. They haven't been as yeah. good defensively as they have been in the past. Again, they're in a pretty good spot. Uh yeah, and they you know, got and, and listen. J- Jared Roden's been a very consistent player for them. He's just kind of he kind of pretty much shows up. He's got to be the guy though that now uh, has to start to take over yeah. a little bit. Like in the absence of Aiken, mm-hmm. it's got to be Roden. Right, mean, he is the guy. The others, mm-hmm. you know, Yetna will tr- chip in here and there. Uh, Trey Jackson, maybe there's some more coming from him. But it's got to be it's got to be Jared Rudin. It's got to be. He mm-hmm. is the next best offensive player on the team, and it looked like he. It, to me, it's looked like he's deferred a little bit mm-hmm. with Aiken leading the way. Yeah. Now it's got to be. Hey, uh, it's it's my team. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, listen, you know, it starts with uh, Creighton, right? And uh, again, it's still just like the Big Ten, the Big East. I mean, up and down, you still I mean, look, look, Georgetown is is is, is having a terrible season, but yet it was still a, a, a battle uh, down in D.C. And that was more, so I think, now, Seton yeah. Hall because Georgetown is not. Good. Yeah. And then now you've got you've got Creighton coming into the rock. But we've, we've seen this before. I mean, um um, that no, and there's no gimme there. So this is really an important game, I think, right, to, to move into those oh. playing all those ranked opponents. Oh, and, and confidence, right? I mean, Seton Hall should believe that they are the team that got highly ranked earlier in the year with some very impressive victories and, and looked like a team that people are saying, oh, this is a Final Four team. Uh, no one's saying that now. They've got to get back to that. The only way you can get back to that, you can talk to yourself all you want. You can have all sorts of... Uh, 
sayings on the wall of the locker room or the gym, all these motivational sayings. If you don't do it on the court, you don't believe it. So it's really important. If they can get a second win in a row, then they can start churning a little bit. Uh, Creighton's interesting. No, no one really expected much from them. They had graduated so much last year, but Greg McDermott's a terrific coach. They're coming off a win on the road against UConn. So they've got some confidence and they've beaten Seton Hall, I think four straight now. So it won't be easy, but if they can pick up the win, then you know the wheels start turning. Yeah, and then very important to pick up one of those wins against uh, one of these ranked teams. It maybe Xavier at home at the Rock, yeah. really important because then you got you know you got Villanova and Philly, but they always play them well, you know. And then and then you got to go to UConn. I mean, playing they won very just well too. recently. They finally ended a long losing streak in Philadelphia against Nova. So uh, it's not and it's not a gimme. Nova lost last night to Marquette, and and Marquette, I thought. Not, not only was the better team, obviously they won. I think they were by far the better team. You know, Villanova, I think, is living a little bit on rep mm-hmm. as opposed to performance. Now they've got some, yeah. you know, they played an early season schedule that was tough, Baylor, UCLA. They, they, they're just not the Villanova of old. I think mm-hmm. they're a little more rep than anything else. But right. that being said, so you beatable, still beat them. without a question. Beatable. Yeah, well, yeah. And Seton Hall seems to play them well in Philly as well. As, as, more, in, uh, you know, more at home they mm-hmm. play well against. Okay, so, uh, but you would think over the next week you want to split the next four games at least, um, get one of those ranked opponents, and, and take care of Creighton too. You don't want to be in a position where you just like you know. Um, you don't make your mark against these better teams in, in the Big East right now, right? I mean, so yeah. You know, I mean, if Seton Hall, if Seton Hall can, I, I won't say split. It's a team that was ranked, you know, oh, highly ranked. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they can get six wins out of their remaining nine, maybe even five out of their remaining nine, I think they'll be fine mm-hmm. in terms of seeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's try to get healthy, and it's. Try to figure out what you do if Aiken doesn't get healthy. Try to figure out what you do if he does. Can you have two ways of attacking, you know, with or without him? When he leaves, can you say, all right, I'm comfortable now with Jameer Harris running things. I can move Kadari Richmond to the off guard spot. Can the options that are available to me benefit the club as opposed to, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, uh, you know, four and six in the Big East now. I mean, you get through this run and then Ab- Abby, I, it softens up a bit. I mean, if you want to call anything soften up in the Big East, you know. But uh, I think they got Xavier one more time. But um, Well, they play you know, Xavier just, twice. They play it, home uh, after Creighton and they play mm-hmm. them on the road. Where where they should get wins, should. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got DePaul again at home. Mm-hmm. They've got Georgetown at mm-hmm. home. And they have Butler yeah. at home. Yeah. Those Gotta take care wins. of the games at the Rock, man. So important, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Th- those are the games that they have to have. So that mm-hmm. gives you three of what I think are the five they need. So we'll mm-hmm. see the rest of the way. But you know the way Seton Hall has played yeah. lately, nothing we'll to give me. Yeah. Well, you're on the All Star break, right, uh, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Give us, give me a minute on the Devils. It's been a, it's been a tough, uh, a tough run, huh? Yeah, very difficult, uh, very disappointing end to the pre All Star portion of the schedule. They got destroyed by Toronto mm-hmm. on Tuesday night at yeah. home, 7-1. to one. Uh, They weren't in it right from the get-go, uh, making mistakes, and it just okay. it just was an ugly game. So we'll see what happens when they resume. They open up against Ottawa on Monday uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. 
they've got to get some. They got to figure something out in goal. Yeah, you said goaltending. It's been poor. it's been it's yeah. been bad the last okay. two years. Uh, okay. Mackenzie Blackwood's currently on the injured That's list. So important, right? I mean, it's <sighs> crucial. You, you don't have goaltending. Yeah. You don't have anything. Right. Um, so he's on the injured list. He's had some issue with his heel after mm-hmm. surgery over the summer. The word is the surgery went fine, but there's some residual issues okay. with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having him see, I don't know who the best yeah. foot doctor in the country is, mm-hmm. but they're having yeah. him see that guy okay, or, or ankle guy. Everybody's got a specialty. So they're trying to figure it out. When he comes back, I don't yeah. know. Hopefully okay. they find out it's something relatively minor and they can work on it and so on and so forth. Because without him, it's not a fair fight. They've got a guy in goal who's 21 years of age who was playing in the United States Hockey League last year. It's an enormous jump. He was the goaltender of the year in the USHL. Okay. But it's unfair to ask right. him to face the NHL uh, at oh, this man. age and with okay. this amount of experience. And the other yeah. guy is a guy by the name of John Gillies. He helped Providence to a national championship in 2015. But mm. he has mostly played in the American Hockey right. League. And so they don't really have an NHL right. goalie, NHL-ready yeah. goalie. And, so and you're handicapped right there. That's well, a yeah, tough so what's going to happen? And listen, yeah. the team hasn't played great in front of their goaltender, so it, it's a two-way street. But what does happen, and I know this having covered the sport so long and talking to the guys who actually do it out on the ice, if you're a player and you're not comfortable that the goaltender gives you a real chance to win, mm-hmm. Your game changes, and once a goal is scored against, it changes your game even more. Right. You try to do too much. It's not excusing uh-huh. the players that play in front of Akira Schmid or John Gillies, but that's just a fact. Sorry, so without that confidence level. Almost all starts with goaltending, right? In many ways it does. That crucial, right? So, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's and, a struggle. But, yeah. but they've got to be better defensively, yeah. and they got to score more goals. There's a whole there's a whole slew of issues, but it starts. But you get pumps. a break, which is nice, right? Yeah, How long is the break yeah. for? Yeah, days. I mean, we'll, we'll fly out on Sunday. It's nice to have a few days off. We fly yeah. out Sunday to Ottawa. And you're, and you're calling the crate and not calling. You're doing the caller for the doing Creighton game. Doing the caller Creighton game. Cool. Hall and Creighton on radio working with Dave Wait. Popkin. Okay, cool. That's great. Yeah, on Good Friday stuff. night. So yeah, yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that, some family time. Yeah. Catching I up might, on a few I might, I might head to the Rock. And yeah. I haven't. I like to catch a couple Seton Hall games. I've, obviously, I do the Rucker Seton Hall, but I, I, I want to catch some more games there. It's right. You know, you, it's, you know, it's beautiful. We can just go to the train here and just boom, you're yeah. at the Rock. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Even go, even going to Devils games. It's great here from Westfield. So, so listen, uh, we, we, we're pushing through March here. Uh, we got a lot of basketball. It's still exciting. I mean, Rutgers and Seton Hall very much. I mean, I think Seton Hall in a little better position here, but, but both of them still pressing for uh, a birth in the in the tournament and it's all still possible i know Rutgers fans are not feeling that so much but it is still there in front of them uh, although a, a huge huge mountain to climb we're going to cover it all and that'll do it for uh this week's jersey hardwood podcast i'm steve kitchener here with matt lachlan we'll have johnny mack back next week as well check us out on spotify we're also on itunes and we're also on soundcloud so listen up and we'll catch you all next week bye bye The Jersey Hardwood Podcast is written and produced by Steve Titchener with co-hosts Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. The show is edited and mixed by Justin Coy at Sound Lounge, New York City.